Hey, it's Clint Daly, host of the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. You know we release a new podcast every single Wednesday, and we bring you our own unique outlook on the world of sports. You know, we try to give you some actual insight and maybe a common sense approach to sports. Whether it's breaking news, some of the biggest games, or even some sports history, check out the Daily Dose Sports Podcast now on the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. The Daily Dose, your daily dose of sports and sarcasm. Hey, this is Renee. And this is Kim. And this is Round Trip. All right, so Kim, I'm kind of excited today because we have another special guest. I love it when we have guests. (laughs) Our guest actually has gone to uh, places on my bucket list, and it's probably on your bucket list and all our listeners, too. Um, She has gone to Thailand. So Thailand is, I know. I know. Mm. Um, so as I was doing my research for this episode, <laughs> which I as we really do, do because we're so professional, <laughs> right. I love it. Um, I kept reading that like Thailand is the uh, travel hub of the Southeast Asia. Like it's the place mm. where I guess you travel into to go to all the other places like Myanmar and India and Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Right. So yeah, see, I learned something new today. Yeah. So. Hopefully, we all will learn something new as we welcome our guest, uh, Michelle. Hey, Michelle. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I feel so excited to talk yes. about Thailand. Yes. yes. So, Michelle, tell us a little bit about yourself and your travel experience. Just general, not necessarily about Thailand. Okay, not just about just Thailand. Kind of, but Yes, start with a general overview. Okay, so I am a full-time yoga instructor. I am... Um, I teach in Tampa, Florida, but I also do like workshops and specialty events in other states um, around the Southeast. And I have uh, just now started incorporating travel into my yoga teaching. So me and my husband are starting to lead um, overseas retreats and things like that. Uh, I've had the privilege, well, I shouldn't say the privilege, I worked very hard And I grew up with a family that taught me about travel from a very young age. So I started traveling in my teens. Um, You know, I grew up in the church. So my family uh, had connections with with people that were doing like volunteer and missionary type work overseas. So I would save up money and, and travel with these groups as a teenager. And that really instilled within me just a love for adventure and travel. And then as I kind of grew up on my own, then venturing into my 20s and my 30s, I, I did a lot of solo trips. Um, I've been to about 10 countries, um, nice. you know, throughout throughout the years. So, um, yeah, so I, I've, I've gotten to travel quite a bit throughout my lifetime. And now I'm starting to really enjoy sharing my experiences with other people and encouraging them to do the same. Because um, as you ladies know, travel is just a, a life-changing experience. So, Amen. Yeah. So let's talk about yoga for a minute. Because <laughs> I knew it. Sure. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I've been on a recent yoga kick, okay? All right. And so I started off, you know, I've taken yoga classes before, but this recent kick is kind of, you know, is, is, is I'm trying to do it at least three times a week. So I, you know, I Great. bought some blocks and I bought a strap and you know, Ooh, you've I'm really like, gotten involved yeah. since the last time we talked about this. Yeah, I went this morning. Like I've I've been. It's like, official. I'm in. 
until yeah. my card runs out at the place that I signed up for. But whatever. So <laughs> here's here's what I've noticed. So when I'm in my yoga class, I'm really what 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 I've noticed is I've at the more I do it, the more like in tune to it I am, like with my breathing, and I'm more focused on being there. Instead of thinking about other stuff or whatever, which I think is kind of the mm-hmm. point. The mindfulness is part of it, right? Oh, you got it. Yeah. But I don't feel like I'm getting better at it. Mm. What do you mean by getting better at it? So, How do you, um, for example, downward dog still hurts my wrist and like I still feel like very tired. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm getting stronger. Now, I can say that I am more flexible because mm-hmm. I am super, super stiff like a board. I have noticed, like, if I sit on the floor, my legs stretched out, the backs of my knees touch the floor, and they didn't used to do that. Right, right. So, I, so I'm, I am getting, becoming more flexible, but I don't feel like I'm becoming stronger. Well, I, I think that you're progressing more than you probably even realize. It might even just be a mental progression at first. Maybe you're learning to relax and breathe out in your regular life more than you used to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so you're already noticing flexibility. So you might gain flexibility before you gain some strength. Everybody's different. Yeah. Um, but I bet you that you are you're changing more than you think more than you realize. Yeah. Um, but you know what does help is getting with your teacher after class or doing some specialty workshops or classes that really focus on your alignment and those yeah. little itty bitty little cues, those little tweaks that you can do uh, to deepen and move move further into the postures. So okay. I think over time, you know, over time it happens. But man, that's awesome that you're. Yeah. I just I love I love that you're um, you know. Just the fact that you're analyzing yourself and, and how you're doing in your practice, you know, shows that that the turning inward is already working. So oh, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. On your way to yogi. You are. <laughs> See, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm going to make it there because I'm so stiff. <laughs> I'm so stiff. Like even sitting, sitting like cross legged on the floor. Oh, my God. When I first start, my hip is just like, no. We're not doing this. Right. No. So by the end of class, when you go back to that same position, it's much better. It is much better. Wow. (laughs) And you know, that is such a great observation because a lot of the postures like tree pose, Mm -hmm. people wonder why do we do tree pose? Tree pose is designed to help your body sit more comfortably because it opens up your hips and your knees. So you're absolutely right. That's, you know, that's kind of the purpose. So that's awesome. Yay. Well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm, I am doing something <laughs> because I haven't really made it to flow classes yet. Like I'm doing like a really mm-hmm. basic flow because mm-hmm. I did a hot, a hot class the other day. And that is not yeah. for me. That is not for me. <laughs> and and so I, I te- love hot yoga. The teacher told me, he said, well, one of the teachers said, you know, try it again. Um, and he said, do uh, the, the class that's hotter because I did one that was maybe like 80 degrees but he was like if you do the actual mm-hmm. Bir- Bir- was it Birkham? Birkham? Yeah the Bikram. Bikram. Bikram the Bikram yoga class which is like 100 or something degrees and he's like that's different. The room is that hot? Yeah. Is that hot in the room? Yeah. But look, this was the, the surprise. So the class I took was like 80 or 90 degrees and it was a little more advanced and I couldn't keep up with everything, but I, I didn't pass out, which I think was a check mark for me, but I didn't realize the class was 90 minutes. Whoa. I thought it was a 60 minute class, surprise. It was 90 minutes. <laughs> so afterwards, I was like, wow, that, like, that was like torture. Like I felt like I was in there forever. And then I looked at it. I was like, oh, I was in there forever. Right. <laughs> 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 oh wow. but that's that's a great sweat that's a great way to detox that's for sure right right yeah. so here's a fun question what's your favorite like inversion pose or just general pose Ooh. What's your favorite pose um 
my my favorite pose is an inversion. It's an arm balance. Okay. Um, it's called the forearm stand. Um, in Sanskrit, it's pincha mayurasana, which is a peacock pose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like balancing on your forearms with your legs up overhead, kind of like you're doing a handstand, yeah. but you're on your forearms. Right. So um, I like that one because it looks a lot trickier than it really is. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it looks <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> and, but, um, but it's safe for your neck because right. you're not putting your head on the ground. Right. And uh, it's really just a great way to decompress your spine by getting upside down. So it just feels really good. So right. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, teach you guys. Next cool. time, we, if, we, if we get to hang out, I'll get you guys into it. <laughs> um, M- Michelle actually is the first class I went to when I went to one of her classes where yeah. I almost got on my head. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah almost. that's right. That's right. We almost. did. Yeah. It's funny because today. And I, got a lot, and I got a lot on top, so I was just really concerned yeah. about that happening. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got to strap them down when I do yoga. Right. Strap them down. But today was the first day I did the, we were do, we doing the strengthening to get to your handstand. Um, so nice. So pushed up on the wall. And did that mm-hmm. to strengthen your shoulders and arms and your sacrum, so right. you can know how to lift your hips. And that was hard, but I did it, and I was really proud. I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I did it." <laughs> so. See, you are progressing. <laughs> You're one step closer to your handstand now, too. Maybe, maybe two or three steps. <laughs> two or three steps. <laughs> Well, you know, all those little, all those little itty bitty yoga models on Instagram and in the magazines make everything look so easy. Yeah. But for, you know, for, for us women, it's, you know, it, it's not all about, you know, getting into those beautiful little, you know, pretzels that they get into in, in social media that we see, you know, right. it's about feeling your, yourself progress wherever you're at, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Right. I actually started following a couple of girls on um, Instagram who are larger women. Yeah. Or or, not necessarily larger, but just more shapely women. Yeah. um, For sure. Who do a lot of yoga. Um, So, because I needed to see some regular people. (laughs) Doing yoga. Yeah. Because everybody in my class is like beanpoles. Like it's all like, and they look like they know what they're doing. And I'm, and I'm, I like to be in the front because I want to see the teacher. So I know I'm yeah. just throwing people off, but it's fine. right. It's like, wait, is our, our, are we going to the left or right? Are we taking, what are we doing? Just taking a nap. Right. Did she just lay down? She got this shavasana earlier than everybody else. Right. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And that's really cool that you guys um, travel and do yoga as well. So do you do retreats? Yeah. And, um, you know, I just want to say one thing I would, not rather be doing anything on my Sunday, like besides talking about yoga and travel. This is amazing. So you ladies are awesome. Like I was already, I was already a fan of you, of you both from listening to your, your prior shows. But now that I get to talk about travel and yoga on a Sunday afternoon, I'm just like triple, triple more excited. That's so what, that's what we do. Make dreams come true. That's what we do. You are, you are. Our work is done. <laughs> it is. It's true. I am. You know, uh, for me, and I kind of came up with this this concept for just for myself, is that for me, travel is the ultimate form of yoga. So yoga doesn't have to be just doing a physical practice with your body. One of the uh, ancient yogis thousands of years ago in, in some of the yogic texts described yoga uh, as um, freeing your mind from all disturbances is yoga. 
So that's why they can consider when you meditate or when you, you know, there's all different ways to say that you're practicing freeing your mind from disturbances Mm -hmm. and travel is the ultimate way to free your mind from all of that stuff, your hectic work, uh, whatever's going on at home that's hectic, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like a getaway so that you can silence and quiet down and kind of return back to yourself. Right. Yeah. So I feel like travel is the ultimate form of just reuniting back with yourself and giving that, giving your mind and your body that reset that you need. Yeah. That's so, so true because yeah. we always talk about going to the beach like a couple of times a year mm-hmm. just to kind of connect. And actually, Kim, the last time we traveled, when we went to Mexico. You said that you was like, I just need some time on the beach mm-hmm. just so I can kind of reset. <laughs> yeah. reset, you know, mm-hmm. I don't. And, you know, it's it one is. of those things like I don't I don't really know why the ocean does that for me but it's something about being standing in front of the ocean on the shore looking out onto the ocean that does that i don't know beautiful yes and so imagine if i can get to the point where i can do yoga on the beach oh yeah you can do a handstand (laughs) right handstand on the beach by the ocean (laughs) i may i may no i don't know (laughs) i don't Now, I don't know if you guys have, have done yoga on the beach, but um, actually it was when we were in Thailand. I, I was trying to get my, the last time we were there, I was trying to get my husband. I, I was, it was a beautiful setting. I said, oh, we have to get some, you know, of your, you know, mandatory yoga on the beach pictures. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just not as graceful as I thought it was going to be like the sand is burning the bottom of your feet the sand is like you know when the water brushes up and then it brushes back the the sand starts sinking right and it's just I'm you know I think all those beautiful pictures that we see people I mean that must have been like their 30th take (laughs) it is not easy on the wet sand in the boiling heat you know (laughs) well we we managed to get a couple good ones but it was not easy (laughs) Sunken tree pose. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wet pigeon. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> so That's good. Oh, that awesome. That's so funny. But yeah, I think that would be cool to do a yoga retreat. I think that would be yeah. a really neat vacation. Um, so hopefully. Yeah, for sure. That sounds awesome. And I try not to do it where it's like all yoga all the time where you're going to, I mean, there are retreats where you go, you know, out to the jungle and stay in a beautiful shared home and do yoga the Mm -hmm. majority of the time you're there and eat healthy and meditate and things like that. Um, And I think those are beautiful trips as well. Uh, We're going to start doing trips because I'm really into culture and get, you know, getting to know the place that you're at, seeing how the locals live, seeing another way of life. So, um, you know, on the trips that I'm planning, I'm going to teach yoga in the morning, of course, as, as like a nice thing to offer the people that come. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might do some specialty yoga activities or visit a local teacher, things like that during the trip. But it's definitely not going to be, my trips aren't going to be designed around just yoga. I definitely want the majority of it to be culture and experience and food and, and all that fun stuff. So Kimberly can still have pina coladas. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm in. For sure. <laughs> Best of both worlds. I'm in. You're required. You're required to have pina coladas on the trip. <laughs> Renee, you said sunken tree. It's going to be drunken tree. Drunken tree. <laughs> drunken tree and a wet pigeon. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should incorporate that into like your yoga packages. 
<laughs> so like after like, like five shots, everybody go to the beach and do yoga. <laughs> no, see that's how and then look get at the good picture. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's, that's how people get hurt. <laughs> they just sign waivers. They sign waivers. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about Thailand. Yes. Okay. Let's talk do that. Us. My so, favorite topic. So first of all, what led you to decide to travel to Thailand? Okay, so the first time that I went was completely not planned. I was working for the Home Shopping Network at the time as an on-air uh, host, so uh, selling pet products on, on TV. <laughs> and uh, one of the companies that I was um, selling for had a trip plan to Hong Kong for a trade show. So they go over there, you know, to meet with, with buyers and sellers and trade shows and things like that. So they asked, Hey, our whole team is going to Hong Kong for a few days. Are you interested in going and being part of the show, et cetera? Of course I said, yes. And so while in Hong Kong, they had like a three day break on the weekend in between the shows. So they had all done this trip many, many times before. And they said, hey, what we usually do when we come to the show in Hong Kong is we take a quick flight over to Thailand for the weekend. So are you down? And I said, again, of course. (laughs) So (laughs) it was completely unexpected. Um, I hadn't even bought a ticket. You know, you can just kind of buy them on the spot while you're there. It's very simple to book flights once you're in Asia. So we um, we bought the tickets and we spent a weekend in Thailand and we were in Phuket um, mm-hmm. in the island and it was absolutely beautiful and I was so sad to only have a couple of days there and I knew on the plane on my way home back to the States that I had to come back and spend more time there. I wanted to see Bangkok, I wanted to see other areas and I just knew Immediately, I had to start planning my next trip there. Um, so I kind of, you know, had in my mind, I already started researching on TripAdvisor and all of those fun forums online, just started researching what else there was to do there and started mapping out and planning out my next trip. And um, a few, maybe about a year later, was it? I met my, who's now my husband, Um and I thought in my mind, he's going to Thailand with me. <laughs> as soon as I met him, I, I knew I wanted to go back and bring somebody with me. And I met him. I'm like, oh, this is going to go with me. We're going to go on this trip. So that's where I got to go the second time. And I spent two weeks there and got a lot more time, you know, to explore. Well, yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I ended up going. Time to be, that's a long time in Thailand. So you guys had to have done a ton of stuff, I would imagine. Um, we did. Mm hmm. We actually repeated that trip. So um, when he and I went back for the more extensive trip, we actually went to Hong Kong first. Actually, the flights okay. were cheaper doing that way. Mm-hmm. So we just spent a couple days in Hong Kong, and then the majority of the rest of our trip was in, was in Thailand. Still, so, so when you were in Thailand, was it just Phuket and Bangkok, or did you kind of travel out to some of the other rural like areas outside of the main city? I think Bangkok was, was the city. Yeah, it was. Um, but I was really intrigued by Bangkok. So I actually spent a good, I think we spent five days there. Um, mm-hmm. Because that was one place that I really wanted to be. Um, so we spent a, just time in Bangkok and in Phuket. So, okay. But now I have an excuse to go back again and see more areas <laughs> in Thailand on my next trip. So that's in the game. <laughs> that's in the works, right? Okay, so yeah, so Bangkok was was definitely 
definitely some a lot of people use Bangkok like like you guys mentioned earlier how it's kind of a hub to go to other mm-hmm. places in Southeast Asia so uh, because the majority of the flights fly into Bangkok and then it's really easy to get to these other areas so people tend to pass through Bangkok pretty quickly I even was kind of surprised that on these forums that you go on a lot of people say oh Bangkok's loud and noisy and you just want to use it as your hub you don't want to spend time there and in fact it was my absolute favorite place it's like this ultra modern city i would say more modern than any city we have here in the states like these huge mega malls Hmm. you know everything is like everything is technology and you know high dollar looking and then in that same city you have really the old world charm kind of like that third world country feel with the little street markets and the little grandmothers cooking on the side of the road it's just a beautiful combination of both worlds so i mean to me bangkok was incredible sweet yeah and apparently those people have never went to new york city because new york city is just as loud (laughs) yeah (laughs) and crazy and and that may have been the case it may have been people that haven't been to many big cities so (laughs) So, yeah, it was nice to experience it um, firsthand instead of listening to people that said stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It, it was a different image, totally than different than what the image I had in my mind of how it was going to be, so. Yeah. Ever since the hobbits threw the ring into that stupid volcano, I've needed a new one. I go to rogintel.com slash Amazon. And I order my new processes. Go, go. So you mentioned um, flying in Hong Kong and then flying to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Getting around in general in Thailand was it mostly walking? Was it local transportation? Were you on those little? On those little the little yeah. So the great thing is the transportation, it, they have every type of transportation you need. It's very simple. It's very easy to understand no matter what you're using. So from the airport, you can just hop in a taxi. You know, there's like the regular taxi stands outside the baggage claim. It's very clear, you know, to get in line, get on a taxi, super easy, super inexpensive. Um, taxis will take you around anywhere. And then, um, you know, like we said, it's a big city, so they have the MTR, so like the above ground, and I think some of it goes underground too, but anyway, you know, like the subway, the train system, Mm -hmm. that's very clean, very modern, you know, um, colorful little train cars that you get on, so you've got that for getting around to the, you know, to the other parts of the city, and then just kind of like you guys mentioned in New York, you know, you can just walk everywhere. But then the tuk-tuks were my number one favorite. And I used those, even if it was a place that was kind of further out where you, people were suggesting that I take the the train or the subway over to, you know, a further area. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to take the tuk-tuk, even though it's, you know, those are meant for shorter rides, but they were so fun and so cheap um, that I, that I took them everywhere. And, and I felt super safe. So you've got the little guy on the on the little moped pulling you around on this open air cart that you sit in. And it's just so fun feeling the breeze on your face and you get to see all the stuff going on in the busy streets as you pass through. So it's a really fun experience. And sometimes at night, some of them have like the boom boxes, you know, taped on. (laughs) They got music playing, they have colorful lights. Uh, It's just an experience all in itself. So the majority of the time we were there, we walked or we took the tuk-tuks. 
but uh, we definitely went on the train as well a couple times, and it, it's all very easy easy to figure out. So anyone can do it. Even if you're traveling alone, it's super simple. Did you stay in a standard hotel or did you stay in like something like a local situation? Like were you in like a Hilton or did you stay in like something? Right. So when we were in, (laughs) yes. Right. (laughs) So that when we were in Bangkok, we stayed in a loft hotel. So it's part of the Starwood um, Mm -hmm. W Mm -hmm. chain. And um, when we were in Phuket, we stayed in a villa, which is part of this huge resort. Um, so that's the two choices that we made. But if you are someone who wants to do more of a budget type trip and stay in like a hostel or like a backpacker's house or even an Airbnb. So those are two different other ways you could stay. It's all very safe, in my opinion. I mean, of course, as long as you read your reviews and talk to people that have stayed in those places, right. um, you know, it, there's so many different types of ways that you can stay from budget to luxury um, that I don't think you can go wrong with, with any of the choices. Um, We decided to stay in hotels because the price difference is just so incredible than over here in the States that it was like silly, silly to not take advantage of having the hotel for us. Um, You know, with, with the uh, loft hotel that we stayed in, they have you know the regular room with like two double beds or a king bed and that was now this was a couple years ago so you know you can't quote me on prices but just so you can get an idea of comparison of how it was um a basic room there was about 60 us dollars a night and then we opted hmm. to get like the suite which had a big jacuzzi tub and a separate bedroom and a living room and it was 90 us dollars a night for the what? suite that was like on the top of the hotel nice. so I mean, it's super, super price difference than, than here in the U.S. So you could imagine if you're going to do the Airbnb route or the hostels that, um, I mean, you, you can stay in places for like 20 bucks a night, you know, very easily. And um, there's a huge community for that in Thailand, of course. You know, they're known for that kind of backpacker uh, community mm-hmm. there. So you have all kinds of options on depending what type of traveler you are. Talk a little bit about, um, you said you enjoy, you know, immersing yourself in the culture of places you visit talk a little bit about the people you met and their re- reactions to you your experience talking to them and seeing culturally what was different from mm-hmm. what they're experiencing to what you experience here right that's a good question um because when i've traveled to uh place like i've been to india before mm-hmm. and when i was in places like india or i was in west africa at one point you know there i felt like we were definitely um, a site for for the locals. You know, when we're walking around, we would definitely get looks just of curiosity. You know, not I didn't feel uncomfortable from it, but people would definitely stop what they were doing and kind of like stare like, oh, light-haired people walking around. What are they doing here? You know, just out of curiosity. So I was, I was intrigued by how it would be in Thailand because I kind of pictured that it would be like that there as well since it's kind of over in that further part of the world from us. But um, it was, I mean, people didn't give us a second look. There's so many expats over there and mm-hmm. so many, um, you know, Europeans. There's people from all over the world. It's a huge cultural mix over there. So we didn't stand out at all. I mean, it was... We didn't get treated any different. It, it wasn't awkward. I mean, almost everybody we interacted with spoke English. So it was very, you know, uh, just a mixed culture. So there wasn't any 
type of, you know, feeling like a clash of cultures as far as how people perceive you or anything. We just blended in. You know, we felt very welcomed. Um, I will say that they're very, very, you know, just kind and accommodating there to foreigners. But, I mean, they live off the, the tourism industry over there. I think that's why they're thriving so well. So they are very, like, exaggerated in their in their kindness <laughs> and their, and, you know, but that's great, you know. So <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. They're they're very welcoming, um, sweet people over there for sure. Very kind and warm. So um, yeah. as far as you know, we didn't ever feel like anyone was going to try to scam us. I read that on a lot of the um, travel forums and stuff too. That was one thing that I was kind of worried about hmm. when I was planning my trip over there that people get like pickpocketed or scammed. And really, I mean, that's going to be anywhere in the world if you're not yeah. watching yourself and not being a smart traveler. So I didn't. I felt super safe, super welcomed over there. I didn't feel any of those negative vibes at all. Okay, good. I was going to ask you about that, about the, you know, the safety um, while you were there. And it seems like you didn't have an issue communicating. Cause I think that's one of the things and I always think about traveling to like. Uh, Southeast Asia or just an Asian country in general, mm-hmm. how to communicate like what you want or where you're going or how to find something, how difficult would that be? Um, and maybe you're, you're right because Thailand is a little different because there are so many people that go there mm-hmm. that they're kind of used to being able to communicate in other languages versus maybe like China or somewhere like that where it may not be as prevalent. I don't know, Kim, you've been to China, so you probably know better than I do, but they have um, most of their signs were in Chinese, uh, Mandarin and English. Oh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, mm-hmm. I was I was surprised at how how easy it was to communicate when we were in China. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of people. You know why? Because America is everywhere. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. That is why. Um, but let's. Yeah, and um, go ahead. No, I was gonna ask you about money, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, with money. Okay, yeah. So the money was, uh, let's see, it's about thirty-three baht. So their dollar, their their money is called baht. I think it's mm-hmm. called B H A T, I believe, or okay. B A H T, something like that. <laughs> but it's about thirty-three baht to one U.S. dollar. So it's a great conversion rate over there. So you can get things, uh, especially just food and drink. We we just had these beautiful meals for next to nothing. Um, comparing the U.S. dollar, that was one thing that we really loved um, a, about of, the money there. Speaking of food, mm-hmm. tell me about like real Thai food in Thailand, because <laughs> I feel like I'm getting gypped here in America. Right. <laughs> right, I feel that way about all of our our foreign foods over here. We're like, I feel like we're getting duped here. Yeah. This can't once be we, the real thing. Once we realized that you can't get a hard shell taco in Mexico, it was just like, what's going on? <laughs> right. What's going on? What is happening in the world? <laughs> what is happening? Who's been lying to us and why? <laughs> We've been living in this lie. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the food. It was incredible. We did everything from eating, you know, at the street food stalls to eating in lavish restaurants. We we did all spectrums and everything was great. I didn't have any, you know, bad experiences. Now, I didn't try, you know, they have like the bugs mm-hmm. right. that you can eat on the mm-hmm. side of the street. I really felt like it's kind of set up for tourists to take yeah. pictures with. I mean, we saw plenty of people doing it. I didn't do it because I just didn't want to risk having a stomach problem while on a trip. Right. And um, the, the types of problems think... eating bugs bring about. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> just in case, you know, I didn't need that picture that bad. But, <laughs> um, 
but all of the the street food that we ate was fine. I I don't think that I ate any meat on the street food stalls. I think I mean most people do, and I I, I think it's pretty safe in Thailand at least to do that. But I ate the fun stuff like. Um, banana pancakes and you know they make all these fun little things with mango sticky rice mm-hmm. so i tried a lot of more of like the sweets and and pastry type things and right. veggie kebabs with their special curry sauces and stuff like that um and then in the restaurants we got the big thai meals with the meat and everything and certainly it's just p- packed with crazy flavors sweet spicy um, savory all in one bite. So mm-hmm. man, their food Delicious. is incredible there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. Their fruit though, is the, it is my favorite thing is all the beautiful tropical fruits that they have there. The mangoes and the, um, pineapples and the watermelons mm-hmm. and things like that. They would have them on the side of the road, just when you're walking around kind of like in between the subway stations or you would see commuters going to work or, you know, just people running their errands during the day. On almost every corner, there's a little stand that you can stop and just get a bag of watermelon for like 50 cents. Nice. And that's one thing that made you really just wish we had that here in the U.S. Just, you know, healthy, beautiful snacks uh, just all along the road. So that was one of my favorite things. Isn't Thailand where they have, what is it, the Dorian fruit, the one that's really sticky or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, Yeah, we actually tried it. It was really good. What? Really good. What? It was. It, I didn't. I didn't think it was that gross. I don't know if we got like a good one or something. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved so it. So what's the deal? Just it just smells bad, but it tastes fine. Yeah, I guess it. I mean, I didn't really think it smelled. I mean, people think it smells like dirty feet. That's how I've heard. That's how I've heard right. people, everyone describe it. I guess it was like a mild version of that. But then mm. when you taste it. I would say it was kind of like a cross between a mango and a banana. So it's oh. kind of like a... A banana? A mango. It's a mango. A mango? It's a mango. It has a mango consistency, like fibery, but it's kind of creamy at the same time. It's really good. I loved it. How interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once you get past the dirty feet smell... Right. <laughs> so once, you, once you get past the mouth fungus, you're fine. <laughs> Did you try anything else that you had not had before? Um, let's see. I had not had uh, rambutan, which I guess is pretty much like a lychee. Okay. Um, I had never had just like a fresh one before, and that was incredible. Um, I think all the like other a, fruits like were really, tropical. Looks like a really hairy raspberry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then you break it open. It's kind of like I hate to compare it to a grape, but I yeah, mean, it looks kind like, of a, like a grape inside, yeah. but sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, those are really good. My mouth is kind of watering now. <laughs> I'm eating some fruit. <laughs> I'm craving fruit. I'm just thinking about uh, how cool it would be if there were like stands, like if you're sitting in traffic and you could just like get a bag of like mangoes and watermelon or grapes. Right. Exactly. We need that here. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And a straw so you could drink the juice at the end. I know, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. They have coconuts, too. Coconuts on the side of the road with a straw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I found my, my next business idea. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, I say it all the time. Why don't we have people here doing this? It can't be that crazy of a thing to set up. I mean. Nah, we're too lazy, <laughs> Americans. I know. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what it is. I'll just go to Publix and buy my watermelon pre-cut. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I did this that's morning. true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So. so tell me a little bit about Phuket. Because... Mm-hmm. I'm assuming everything, like all the hotels and stuff, are relatively new because of the tsunami. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, um, you know, there's some on the island that weren't touched by that. So you do have some of those resorts that are a little bit older, um, kind of like you, you know, like the '80s, '90s feel. You know, they certainly still have those, like older, but the majority of the places are, yeah, brand new, nice, modern. You know. just five-star, gorgeous resort-type places. And now that's where that's a good thing to know if you're planning a trip over there is Phuket's very different than Bangkok. So Bangkok has all of those great options for your modes of transportation, where Phuket is kind of like, I compare it to Florida, so I don't know if all of our listeners have been to Florida, but the way that everything is spread out, we don't have the train system and, and all of that. We have to drive from place to place. So in Phuket, Phuket's fairly small. You know, you can do things all over the island, but you would certainly need, um, you know, a car to get from place to place. And then once you're in those little neighborhoods, you can take the tuk-tuks around. But you're definitely going to want to see different parts of the island. So what we did is uh, hired a driver. And you can hire a driver for yourself for the day. Sweet. For, For about $70, we had a guy... From 8 in the morning till 9 or 10 at night, he was just our personal driver. He had waters in his car. He had Wi-Fi. Um, and he just took us wherever we wanted. And he would wait outside while we did stuff. He was literally just our, our driver for the day. Right. And uh, for 70 bucks, is like not bad. Much, much cheaper than going over there and trying to take taxi from place to place. So um, so that's what we did. and it, And it was great. We got... We had actually set up one driver online before we got over there, and um, when we met him, he didn't speak English really at all. Hmm. We were just kind of all laughing back and forth, and we were like, all right, we wanted a driver that really knew, well, we kind of wanted a guide, you know, that would explain to us what things were while we were there, and um, we really liked the guy that picked us up at the airport, and we happened to get his, his card, so we just called him on the phone. And said, can you be our personal driver while we're here? Because he spoke really good English. And he ended up being awesome and told us about all the different places we were going to and things like that. So I think that's the way to go if you're going to be in Phuket is to, um, uh, you know, set up a driver for yourself. Hmm. If you plan to explore around. And then on the days where you just want to enjoy the beaches and be in one little area, then you don't need a driver. So Hmm. we just, we did that really just for two of the days that we were there. And the rest of the time we just... Um, enjoyed the gorgeous the beaches and um oh we did a boat trip that's a must do if you go to Phuket you have Mm -hmm. to take uh you know a boat out to the islands that are surrounding out in the Andaman Sea um you can see where they filmed that movie the beach Hmm. and you can see all of those beautiful um I guess they're called limestone cliffs that Asia is kind of known for that's Mm -hmm. a really beautiful experience and I would say that's a a don't miss if you go to Phuket it's beautiful 
going around in between there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have some really beautiful hotels. The hotels are like, they're super nice. Yes. So around the there. place that we stayed at, and it, similar to um, Bangkok in that way, you can definitely stay at a really cute, you know, um, beach resort that's probably not even $100 a night. And it'll still be something that you would spend $300 a night over here in the U.S. You know, you can still stay in a really nice um, place over there. Uh, Nelson and I really splurged on this one because we thought this was going to be like our one big trip together. So we really planned and saved up. Um, and we stayed in this incredible villa that's like floating on the water, one of those type places. Oh, wow. So we, we really went all out on, on that one. But again, because I feel like something like that in any other place in the world would have been at least $1,000 a night. And I don't mm-hmm. think we even paid uh, half that for this really exclusive like butler service and, you know, the whole shebang. Nice. Um, so we did that there, but we definitely went around and looked at some at the other hotels for when we come back. And there was places for, like I was saying, under 100, 100 bucks that were gorgeous that I absolutely would have stayed at that aren't necessarily a villa. You're in a hotel, but gorgeous. So you've got tons of options, all different price ranges there for sure. Speaking of price. So mm-hmm. if I was planning my trip, mm-hmm. how much in range should you say I should consider um if I'm going to go to Thailand because I I, I'm I'm assuming in the city I'm not spending a ton of money right right so yeah with spending money you really don't need a lot and you're kind of putting me on the spot because I don't even know how much (laughs) I would you know how much I would even plan that's I know that's a question that a lot of people ask too but um once we, the first thing you want to think about is your flights, of course. Mm-hmm. And then once you're over there, I definitely consi- would say that you need to go to at least two places. So, you know, Thailand also has like all their other famous places, Chiang Mai, um, just all the different other little islands, but at least plan to go to Bangkok and then one or two other places. So you want to plan for those little flights in between those mm-hmm. little interior flights. And those are anywhere from like 60 to 90 bucks one way. Okay. In those little flights. So you don't need much in addition for those little flights. Um, hotel. Now you can stay in a 10 or $20 a night hostel, or you can go all the way up to a 500 a night villa. So that's kind of just like, you know, that's going to range a lot. And then spending money. I think I remember we budgeted for ourselves like $200 a day. Cause for us, this was like our big, you know, bougie trip we were doing for the year. Right. So right. I remember being realistic. We planned for $200 a day in case we wanted to do tours or, you know, go out to fancy meals. And I remember we never spent that on any of our days. I mean, I would say just to be safe, like a hundred bucks a day, but I, you, you won't spend it, you know, unless you're doing some, like I said, like the boat tour, for instance, I think that was like 120 bucks a person, but that was like your full day and your food right. was included. Uh, your food was included, all that. So it's not like you're going out doing anything else. That's your full day. And that was 120 bucks. And that's doing something special. So right. just, you know, eating out and things like that, you might not even need half of that. Okay. Just going to little markets and, yeah. Depends if you're a shopper. Are you ladies shoppers? <laughs> yeah, I tend, I tend to not really get yeah. like souvenirs and do all that stuff on mm-hmm. trips. Yeah. I'm kind of there for the all the other stuff, yeah. you know, the experience. Yeah, I, I Unless it's something just amazing. Souvenirs. Yeah. 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 I'd rather just have nice pictures of experiences. Yeah. I'm right. the same way. And save my money. So, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Money to eat and drink. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, you could do Thailand with 
nothing. I mean, there's <laughs> the, you can eat street food, um, which is like two or three dollars a meal, and you can do that for each of your meals, and then then you just got to worry about paying for alcohol. <laughs> did you so, participate in any light, nightlife? Oh, we did. We we're big participators of nightlife. How was that? <laughs> she was like, we did. <laughs> we're, we're big participators. <laughs> So, you know, I think Bangkok, um, well, all of, all of Thailand, they're kind of known for their nightlife. So in Bangkok, the, there are lots of nightclubs, just like you'd have in a big city. So that's kind of what we did there. We just would go, and, and we're getting a little older now. We're like in, we're in our late 30s. So we don't stay out till the wee hours anymore because we want to get up and enjoy the day. But we definitely wanted to like dabble in the nightlife. So in Bangkok... We went to more of, like, the nightclubs that are inside the hotel, the nice little trendy spots. Um, and then in Phuket, we went to Bangla Road, which is, like, their party street that they're known for. And uh, I wouldn't consider it a red-light district. It's very touristy. Um, but they have some of the CD stuff there, which I'll explain in a second where Bangkok has like your normal nightclubs, like what we went to. And then they definitely have like their red light districts where there's a lot of like the, um, boys, lady yeah, boys. they have the lady boys, <laughs> they have the non lady boys. They have a lot of like, where it looks like you're going into a strip club, but you definitely know there's other stuff going on there. Right. Um, <laughs> And then, because they're not dancing, they're just standing around. And then, you know, and then um, they have the lady boys there, too. Um, But what we had really fun with all that stuff was in Phuket. Because in Phuket, um, it's it's like this one main road that you go to. And it it is very touristy, like I said. But it's an experience. I I feel like you have to experience it if you go. It's a big street with um, just rows and rows and rows of bars and uh, just little nightclubs and little street stalls with food and, you know, all the little light up stuff you can buy. Um, But it's all open air. So it's really interesting because you'll have, you'll walk by this one bar that has like 20 poles with girls dancing on it with, you know, cross dressers outside. And in that same place, you've got like a family with babies in a stroller, like eating their dinner, like right in that same room. It's just really bizarre, (laughs) but it's really neat because it just shows like the mixture of people and how just like accepting they are of everyone and everybody just kind of gets along. And it's a really, really um, just high energy, colorful, exciting atmosphere. So we definitely enjoyed being there in Phuket uh, on Bangla Road, seeing all the sights. <laughs> and the and the lady boys, you know, they do their <laughs> their elaborate makeup and their um, big costumes and, you know, some of them you just can't tell the difference at all. Yeah, some of them will fool you. Right. They'll fool you. <laughs> and now are they mostly, you know, just on the streets greeting guests or do they, are there like establishments where they put on a show yeah so there's there's establishments where you can go in and watch a show we didn't really do that um so they definitely put on you know like with music and do like performances we just saw the lady boys in phuket like out in the street because they're out there like to do pictures with the tourists you know you like tip them a couple dollars and get these fun pictures with them and everything and they'll try to convince you to come in and watch their show but you know we didn't we, no thank you um 
in Bangkok, we felt like there was more areas that we walked by. It was like, you're either going to the nightclub stuff for entertainment or you're walking down the street and they're definitely working. Um, <laughs> they're definitely there it trying to get like foreigners. They're you yeah, can they're tell working. their entrepreneurial spirit. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So that was like a, a different feel. But it's not anything that makes you feel, well, me personally, it didn't make me feel uncomfortable or it's just part of, it's accepted in their culture. Um, it, it wasn't anything that was like, you know, you felt like you're in a bad part of town or anything like that. I mean, it's pretty widespread. So, um, nothing to be, you know, I don't get offended by stuff like that. I'm, I'm very open-minded and I enjoy seeing the excitement of, of different, you know, different lifestyles. So it's each their own. You're saying we Southern ladies won't have to clutch our pearls. (laughs) No, you will not. What is this? Debauchery. (laughs) <laughs> declare. Uh, <laughs> I do declare. I, I do declare. I do declare. <laughs> oh, That's pretty awesome. So, was there anything about Thailand either time you visited that surprised that surprised you? That surprised me. Hmm. Either, either in a good way I'll or see. a bad way. Right. Right. Um, the the biggest surprise was you know a good thing was I thought it was going to be a lot less I thought it was gonna be a lot more underdeveloped than it is I didn't expect it to be so modern um you know in in the city and and just as far as seeing that they have these huge mega malls and that they have all the restaurants use iPads and um there's so much you know available transportation and even in Phuket where it's a little bit less big city um, even then, you know, their drivers have Wi-Fi in the car. I didn't expect it to be advanced like that. So that was that was a nice surprise. That's not what I expected at all. So basically you're saying that I don't have to worry about bringing toilet paper. Absolutely, right. Okay. Well, okay, now toilet, <laughs> I will say. See, this is, that was my okay, next question. Because okay, okay. now I always have to ask about the toilet paper. <laughs> always. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. That's an important travel topic. Um, so they like to take care of their their septic areas. And I don't know if it's because they're not as advanced in that area or what it is. But they don't put the toilet paper in the toilet. They have little trash bins next to the toilet. So it's like, you know, just customary that once you use the toilet paper, you throw it in the trash can instead of flushing it down the toilet. So that's always the polite thing to do. Um, they... The only time that I encountered a squatty potty or a place that didn't have toilet paper was in those nightclub areas in Phuket, where you were kind of in the, um, you know, where we were in the, just in the nightlife scene. There were some like older bars that had that. Um, I think everywhere that we went in, in Bangkok just had, you know, the regular setup. Okay. Um, but they do have the little watering hose next to the toilet that you can like spray yourself right. off with in most of the bathrooms too yeah (laughs) so i sometimes you gotta rinse but then it's like how do you but once you rinse it aren't you wet coconut juice all day so and a lot of curry and a lot of curry curry. (laughs) let's not forget the curry (laughs) but i mean my thing was like once you hose it off then what do you dry off with oh that's that's just just a shake i never Hose That's off. a shake and go. Mm. You just got a shake and go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shake and go. 
<laughs> so I yeah, I always carry I always carry like tissues in my bag. You never know. Yeah. I'm sure in some other parts of Thailand when you're out more like in the in the jungle areas and stuff like that, you're definitely gonna need a roll to bring some. Yeah, a roll. <laughs> oh, that was my that was my other question. Did you visit any temples? Yes, we went to a lot of temples. Um the temples in Phuket were not as impressive as the temples in Bangkok by any means. In Phuket, they have the big Buddha, which they're famous for. It's a giant white Buddha that's up on this hill. So that's really pretty to get some pictures of and everything. And um, that was one of the first ones we went to. And I was kind of like, uh, like, it was beautiful, of course. And it was a nice experience. But I didn't get like the whole elaborate like wow factor that I thought I was going to get. I was kind of like disappointed. Like it wasn't this like spiritual moment or anything. And then when we went to Bangkok, then I got, I got that feeling, you know, they have tons of elaborate, beautiful temples. Um, we, we requested at the last minute, we just asked the lady at the front desk of our hotel in Bangkok, if they could get a tour guide to come with us and take us to the temples so that they could explain what everything is. And that, that was a really great move doing that they found a lady that spoke really good English to come and um, just go on public transportation with us to the different temples and she explained what everything was and um, we got kind of lucky we were at this one temple and the uh, monks were had just come back from like their lunch or whatever they had come back from somewhere whatever and monks do she said they aren't <laughs> whatever they were doing they she said they're not usually there yeah and uh and we got a water blessing from a monk, and it was an awesome experience. Wow. We just walked up to him and kind of asked him, and they take these, like, um, little wooden strips and dip them in water and pat you on the head with them. And he does this whole ceremony, um, you know, praying a, bl- a blessing and a chant over you, and it was super, super, super beautiful. It was awesome. So that was a, that was one of my favorite experiences while we were there. Um, so if... If you guys go, I definitely suggest trying to meet a monk or do a monk blessing. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> yes, it's a beautiful experience. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Round Trip. We really appreciate our special guest today, Michelle, sharing her amazing experiences in Thailand. So make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook if you'd like to know more at Round Trip or if you'd like to interact with us. We so enjoy talking to our fans. Also, please feel free to visit us at RogueIntel.com or on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to tell your friends to listen to Round Trip, send them to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Thanks. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.